I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 60 of the Gentleman Overlords podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. And uh, guys, how you doing? Doing just fine. Feels Thanks. like it's midnight right now. It's so uh, dark out. It's dark so early now. I'm doing pretty good, though, Andrew. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Max and I, you know, we joked about last time how Robert uh, saw a movie without the two of us. This weekend, we got into a little, uh, Max and I got into a little mischief, let's just say. What? <laughs> Is I'm seeing a movie mischief? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Robert. <laughs> Shutting up right there. <laughs> hey, uh, let me take this opportunity to shut up. Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something <laughs> breakfast. Movies we've seen. Uh, so Max and I, this weekend, we went and saw... The Black, Black Klansman. Man. Yeah, we saw Black Klansman. <laughs> I put the in front of it. I don't think it's supposed to I be I don't think there. it has a the. We saw two different movies. You saw The Black yeah. Klansman? Oh, Dang it. Oh, that's weird. I thought it was weird that you went into a different theater yeah. than me. Than me. Um, we were holding hands up until that point, and we went to separate theaters. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, what did you guys think? Because I saw this, I think, just shortly after it was released. You want to go first? Sure, I I liked it. Um, it was pretty heavy, uh, yeah. Especially, especially at the end of that. Holy, movie. yeah, and yeah. Uh, tense, very tense the entire time. I felt like uh, like there's a lot of times during the movie where you don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, but even when you n- kind of know, even when it's like potentially safe, you start just thinking about the ramifications on. Yeah, you know, in I never felt actual life. Y- it's obviously a theme of it. Sorry, I will. Uh, I want you guys to talk about it more. But um, yeah, it's like I think especially the movies. Like you're like, wow, look at these people. Like this is this is unheard of. Like oh, what a weird thing to have been having to deal with back then. It's like uh-huh. no. Well, I, no. I, I I made the comment when we were out of the movie that I'm glad this movie was made today and not like in the 90s, where I think people would have honestly there would have been more people who i think would have said oh gosh i'm glad glad we don't have to deal with that sort of stuff today yeah i think there's a lot more awareness that like that shit still goes on yeah today versus like i think in the 90s because like information also wasn't as widespread you didn't have as the internet was not as much of a presence as it is now yeah it i think there's a lot less um awareness of you just don't see it as you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't have seen it. It wouldn't have been as in your face as it is now where like you could look up at any street corner or any message board and it's right. Yeah. Kind of rears its head. Um, that actor, that's like his eighth movie. I think mm-hmm. like he's, has not been acting for that long. He's so good. And I want to look up his name right now. Cause I feel like you last week or last episode, his name is Adam driver. <laughs> oh yeah. He's actually been in more than you think. Huh? Yeah. Kylo. He's the, one of the, the leader of the Knights of Ren. Huh? Um, yeah, the some really good performances. Um, Adam Driver, and that's it. Uh, that's the only person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, and I, oh, I was going to say though, as when while Andrew's looking this up though, that there is still like a fair amount of humor in it. Yeah, but it's all against the backdrop of this very very heavy stuff. John David Washington, by the way, was his name. Oh, right on. Uh, he's excellent. I would I would love to see. Previous work and future work. He's actually great, great, great grandson of uh, George Washington. <laughs> only, only great, great, great. They they live a long time in that uh, family. Oh, okay. Um, he played in the NFL. Wait, really? Uh, yeah. Wow. You mean he played a NFL game? Madden? Yeah, he played Madden. Madden. He played yeah. Madden. Okay. He said he said in an interview, "I played Madden," and that was my last IMDb credit. <laughs> um, great. And there's a there's a scene kind of out of sort of out of the context of well not out of the context of the film but it's sort of this weird little reprieve where uh the main character goes to a bar and he's kind of following um the woman who's the activist that he meets and they play an entire song and they're dancing to like the entire song and i um i'm forgetting the the name of it it's um it's a brother and sister group uh but it's such a great. I love the song, and it's sort of like clearly one of those, you love it so much. I love it so much. I can't even think of the of name of it. Um, it's too late to turn back now. I don't remember the the art artist. 
Um, but they like they dance, and it's kind of this moment where I, I was trying to to gauge maybe the point of it in the film, but it was almost like this thing where it's like these people that that uh, that especially this group in this town are hating on, and like they have this this version of who they are and what they do and what they stand for. It's like they go like other people and everyone else to this place, and they hang out and they dance and they sing and they just enjoy themselves because they're normal human beings and it seems like they're not being led by hate the way that these these other people are where that's the only thing at the forefront is the the stereotype and the what they're they need to they feel like they need to squash and control it's uh it was just this this kind of interesting moment because you know i don't know i feel like movies have snippets of things like that but this this was like i almost i think the entirety of the of it playing they're sitting at the bar it begins they get up they dance they're singing along to it people are mm-hmm. dancing in unison i don't know it was just a moment it was a affected me i i, I enjoyed that that part of the film um yeah some really good is that mm. it this is like a karaoke version <laughs> too late to turn back now get off the stage oh god <laughs> we have to play the whole thing it'll make an impact yeah, on that's different i think you fucked up it's too this late what you to said turn. no it's too late to turn back now i believe i believe i believe i'm falling in love you know we'll find it but the, the point is black clansman what did you think andrew you haven't really uh you haven't expanded on your your thoughts oh there it is Oh, interesting. It's like a cover or maybe a different version. I like it. Anyways, um, I like the movie a lot. Um, I like it. It kind of toes the line between like satire and um, like a true, you know, like because it is based on a it's based on a real story. It has like that Spike Lee flair of it being sort of like I don't want to like satire is probably not the right word, but like. It, it was just a. It doesn't exist. A like the bit movie of a dramatization. Yeah, the movie doesn't quite exist in reality. It has a little bit of a heightened sense to it, um, but I feel like a lot of that applies to the KKK itself and all the stupid fucking names that they give themselves. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Clan dragon and all. Yeah, that. and seeing like the ceremonies and stuff. Like, also, that's another performance. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say they're like kind of a parody of themselves, even though like you also can't take them lightly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, which is like I think dangerous like yeah it doesn't matter if they call themselves wizards these are people that will that yeah just hate that's all that they're all about mm-hmm. um uh, to- uh for Grace as yeah. David Duke that was interesting I I saw because I we saw him on screen and I thought like that's kind of a funny casting decision and then uh, sort of spoiler for the movie towards the end they start showing footage of the real David Duke and I was like oh Topher Grace kind of does look like a younger version of this guy or or with some makeup he could easily look like a younger version of of david duke mm-hmm. um so you yeah. gotta feel good as an actor you get yeah that, you get that call mm-hmm. i hope you're listening to over grace and i hope yeah. you really feel great about that well you know and i i maybe we've mentioned this on the podcast before but um there is supposedly an 85 minute cut of the prequel star wars films that Tover Grace edited himself. I guess it's something he's sort of a oh, an amateur. He does I've heard self, about it. Yeah, self uh, taught editor created a a version of the of the three prequel films all spliced together. This is like sort of like a famous thing that every once in a while pops up, but it's not actually available for download. He's shown his friends during this film. Rumor has it he was sort of uh, not stoked to have to embody this character. This the, oh, pardon me. This this actual person have to pretend mm-hmm. to be this man. And sort of as a as a catharsis and as a wind down, edited the Hobbit movies into one movie <laughs> as well, which I think is just an interesting little movie trivia thing. But just also f- f- funny that he's he's still a good great actor. I wish he was in more stuff. And like then on as a, a side, he was like, man, I need to decompress from this fucking hateful asshole. I'm yeah. gonna just edit edit three huge movies into one movie, which is uh, quite the undertaking. But uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah he's uh, he's awesome in the film. Yeah. Um yeah, it's quite good. I think like uh we all kind of reacted very viscerally to at the end of the movie they show Ugh. just a this is a bit of a trigger warning cuz it's it's a pretty like it's pretty upsetting footage. They show the and I mean it it is upsetting because it's upsetting that it happened. Um they show the real footage from the Charlottesville uh you know Incident. demonstrations yeah. and incidents and murder. Um so 
that was a pretty like I, I've seen the footage before, but it was still pretty jarring to see it in a space that I was not expecting to see it. But yeah. you know, like maybe that's good. You know, like because it's a and it's, it completely ties one hundred percent into the film. It's right. It's it's a it's a direct line because yeah. the movie kind of ends in a in a kind of like you know we did it partner and you're like yeah you kind of feel like good like yeah and it's like boom here we are it was yeah there's a very satisfying last bit with uh with ron talking to david duke on the phone and i was just like that's a that's a great line to end the movie then they have another scene after that and then they show the yes charlottesville stuff but it was yeah it's a very that's a very emotional journey of like yes he got him to then like feeling a little uncomfortable because the scene after that and then the Charlottesville stuff and you're just like i mean it it's of course a downer because it's a real life horrible thing that happened but it was just like a, it's a very emotional journey that you're on Plus in that last bit it's the the culmination of of the particular story in the movie is like this small cell of clansmen is you know taken down a peg yeah but David David Duke is alive, like right now. He yeah, tweets right. and says bullshit. Like nothing happened to him. He got he got fooled, you know, yeah. one time. You know, it's it's a direct thing where it's like, great, they you know, they cracked that case, but like that's a drop in the ocean kind of a thing. And this right. and and here we are now. So it was it was very deliberate and very um, yeah. I was uh, I was pretty wrecked at the end of the movie. That was that was pretty pretty tough. Pretty jarring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Max, did you see anything else? What in what the, the world? Heck? Yeah, that? Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you queued up to uh, the movie that I had also seen, uh, uh, Ocean's Eight. Yeah, that say, was the crashing of waves or something. Yeah, hey, yeah. real Ocean's Eight. <laughs> this is quite the. We texted about this because you said you'd seen Ocean's Eight. You have been yeah. on quite the journey to see Ocean's Eight. Oh yeah, what is the what? I don't, it, like, just not, like I think like you've talked about it like a couple times. You just yeah. haven't been able to rent it. Yeah, it's just like it. Um, not really a journey as much as just not really. difficulty getting access to the movie. When it first came to, uh, not red. We recently found out it's not Redbox. It's DVD Express at that Safeway. But anyway, uh, when we went to rent it, Get it, first, right. it was uh, it was rented out, and then we went back, and it said it just didn't have it anymore. And then we went back another time, and we're you know able you live to in get the it. Digital it age, right? <laughs> you can't download, or you can't like uh, I mean, rent yeah, it off an app. Or it's a... like twice as much, but um, oh yeah, I mean it's no big deal. Sure, we also weren't in a huge rush to see it, but uh, sure. You're yeah, spending all your your whole evening at DVD Express, looking for the furiously <laughs> looking for the DVD. Why isn't it here? I almost tore it. There's got to the be a better way. Um, yeah, my well, young man, did I hear you say? What day is it? <laughs> Why is the day that Ocean Eight comes out, <laughs> Mister Redbox? No, no, no. Ne- or uh, it's DVD, Mr. DVD <laughs> Express, please. <laughs> the DVD as big as my head? No, that's a laser disc. <laughs> Michael Caine. Why, why do we fall, Max? <laughs> So we can learn to watch Oceans 8. And how was it? Not very good. Oh. It was uh, like on the cusp of being good. And then yeah, it never really that. made it. You saw it? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. I saw it in theaters. Yeah. I thought that... Um, I respect the actors enough to go see it in theaters. Uh, yeah. I didn't really know that it was even out. I guess yeah. it wasn't on my radar. Any of any Oceans movie is not really going to be... Like, you live on an ocean. There's no ra- oceans on your radar. Like, on an ocean? Yeah. You I live, have a radar. You live on a pier. <laughs> um, but I guess since I, I watched uh, eleven and twelve, and I did they make it thirteen? They I did. I, yeah. Did. See, I don't. Well, isn't I that the idea that this would be eight, nine, ten to lead up to eleven? Eleven. Well, it's not chronologically. This is not like this no, didn't take place before. Because she, but it. I'm not wrong. There is a connection that Sandra Bullock's character is. She's Ocean's she's Danny Ocean's sister. sister. Mm-hmm. Big sister or little sister? This is important. Little, I would imagine. Little, I would I think imagine. she's younger. She's younger than George Clooney, right? And George, well, I'm not talking about their actors. I'm just talking about they could portray different ages. Oh my Clune God. Dog could be sipping tequila on the the Naboo house, the right? Bull, the Bulldog and the Clune Dog together at last. Yeah, you're getting yeah, these references. Have, He's got a tequila company. What, I got what that. I don't. I didn't get the and Naboo though because they let. That's his house in uh, uh, the second Star Wars uh, prequel. Oh, you know sure when is. they're on Naboo at that that place where the, they talk about sand. Yes, exactly that. That's his villa. I wonder what Italy. sort of pranks he pulled on set during that Star Wars movie. <laughs> just leaving <laughs> pranks all over the house. Pile of midichlorians on the floors. They slip when they come in. <laughs> leaving pranks all over the house sounds like something your dog would do when you get home from vacation. <laughs> what the hell? You call them pranks? Yeah. 
Leaving. Uh, uh, I stepped in dog uh, prank on the way home. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of prankster dogs in this neighborhood. Yeah, they got me. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Max, Ocean's Eight. Yeah, I just feel like they didn't really. I don't know if it was chemistry or if the it's just no, it's a like, movie. It, or if the um, turn like Robert's mic off. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, if the it's been played out the oceans idea like they've already done three movies and we were already bored after the second one uh uh, that they're doing a fourth one and just because they switched up the cast and still did the same movie uh but it's not even the same movie i think the other issue that i had with it was that um sounds like force awakens they (laughs) it's better than force awakens i'll have to wow well i because I just kept waiting, I don't agree waiting that, for it to ramp up. I guess like it wasn't it it wasn't offensive the whole way through. It just ne- like never really. Uh, it doesn't my reach interest. its potential. Yeah. I think like it it's a movie that I think if it took itself like maybe fifteen percent less seriously, it'd be uh-huh. really fun. But because yeah. like nobody is really turning in a super fun performance, and like Aquafina is in it, and Mindy Kaling is in it, and like yeah, like. Two, at least two out of the eight are like very funny actresses, including Sandra Bullock, who also is funny. And I, I feel think like a lot that, of them have range. Cape yeah, Cape Blanchett can be funny, but they're all playing like a very level, like toned down level. Like it's, they're always like a little, like they're playing the same kind of characters like the guys from the Oceans movie played, where they're just yeah. like they're a, a little, little too, too cool. cool for everybody else. Oh, but it also like it, it didn't work. I think in the way that one those uh, heist movies have to work, where um. Like they explain themselves and then they go through the thing and and something goes tragically wrong, right? And yeah. they have to kind of scramble to get it to work. Uh, in this one, like they had a couple of those moments where uh, there was somebody who wasn't going fast enough through a hallway or something. They're like, oh my gosh, we got to get on this. Go in there and talk to them. And they yeah. went in there and said, keep moving. And then they kept moving. Yeah. And that was the like, there's no, the there's whole the build conflict. up, the whole resolution. And maybe so I heard that. Maybe I heard someone say that like, it's like, it's like a bunch of professionals doing their job where it's like, yeah. Yeah. And it didn't But I mean, really isn't work. that in the oceans 11 too? Like there's parts where it feels like it's going off the rails, but there's like contingency plans or like at the end you realize like, ah, oh, they did. They already had a backup plan. Like, sure. I, I just think like, we've also seen that. We've seen it enough. Sure. I just okay. think like, but they're like it, either. I, I think like part of it is, like the cast is not living up to, I think the potential that they can mm-hmm. have in the movie. If you're going to have a bunch of people just sort of taking it, you know, like I said, like 15% too more, more seriously than they ought to, uh-huh. then don't cast half of them as comedians. Mm. Cause I think when you cast like a Mindy or an Aquafina, I think like you're kind of looking for, and even I don't consider her a comedic actress, but like Rihanna's in it. And well, like she, she does virtually nothing in the movie. Like mm-hmm. most of them do almost nothing. Like Sarah Paulson, Kate Blanchett, oh, and yeah. and Sandra Bullock are like Sarah Paulson's hilarious. She's yeah yeah yeah. But like they the rest of them do essentially nothing in the movie. And and they also like Rihanna does barely anything, and then they bring her sister in to also do nothing. Yeah, like they go out of their way to introduce another character that didn't need to be there and didn't add anything to the movie. Does right? that make it not? Uh, nine or is there is it still a core eight? I I, I wasn't really counting. <laughs> I assume they do eight. they do add a ninth yeah. at some point uh, in the movie. Okay. Don't want to get away too much. Well, I can't speak to it because I didn't see it. But what did you see, Robert? I saw a couple things. I watched Batman Bad Blood, which I think you watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fine. It's fine. It's not like doesn't blow me away, and it had elements of. Other stories I'd heard of, the Damien stuff. Yeah. The battle for the cowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to see, I think I was probably most excited because Batwoman was in it and I thought she was fine in it. Yeah. Um, then there was, she's not like as like vampire pale as she is in the comics. In the comics, she truly looks like she has like moonlight skin. Yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of yeah. insane. They're like, no one knows who this mysterious woman is. She, she, has, short, the most she has shorter red yeah. hair than her wig hair when she's a Batwoman. Yeah. Um, and her secret identity is a mime. And yeah. there's a, there's a, uh, there's a moment where they're at this monastery and there's nuns with like things over their mouths that they're not speaking. And they kind of break up this, the, the, um, why can't I think of the, I almost said shadow Lou, um, the league of shadows. Oh yeah. Uh, is there, and they fight them, and she says, like, you can't believe you convinced me to use rubber bullets, because prior to this, Batwoman was just shooting people with guns. Yeah. Um, and then they make a joke, because all the nuns bust out 
like ninja swords and start attacking. And Nightwing calls them ninjas, which I believe is a Jason Manzukis uh-oh uh creation uh, either on how did this get made or uh, yeah or cbb jason better um, be getting some uh some sweet zids, sweet zids yeah. i think i sure hope so um but yeah it was fine i d- i told you guys before the podcast i watched skyscraper which we had uh put out there as a possible uh movie to watch for the pod uh pretty boring pretty mm-hmm. boring um just just didn't really ever capture my attention it's uh, mostly a building on fire the, mo- the whole time nev campbell is the rock's wife and is running their kids around in through the fire. They should all be melted. They should be melted. The whole movie, they're like so close to fire. It's insane. Um, and then there's this really weird thing. Spoilers for size skyscraper. There's this like ball on the top. They call the pearl. And like in the news segments are like, everyone is all a buzz about what the pearl is at the top of the skyscraper. It's like a, it's like a hollow deck. You huh. can, you can make cameras on the outside Dis everything disappear everything so it looks like you're standing above the building and in nothing it looks like you're like and, and the, the guy's like welcome to heaven it's like what heaven's just like taller than other buildings like this is not but the other thing it does is push up like mirrors and screens in the actual floor so you can have projections of yourself from different every different angle but it looks like a, an actual slab out of the floor it doesn't look like a perfect hologram or anything so it's a weird like the finale has like is like a fight in that thing, and it's kind of like the scene in Total Recall where he's using the hologram watch, but it's also kind of like a funhouse where like you try and shoot the guy who's next to you, but he's a mirror, and then he turns out he's right behind you. It was this weird. I was so bizarre. I don't know why that was like the big deal. It was like, huh, can you believe I have this? It's like, what a, fu- a funhouse? I, I yeah. don't know what this does for the world. Um, it was boring. Um, and then I watched. Uh, I went to see MST3K on tour mm-hmm. and they came to Seattle and they had Jonah Ray and uh, I forget the name of the old, the original host. Um, but they also had the robots and they did Deathstalker 2, which is a sequel to a movie they had done. On Deathstalker like a- 1. It might've been called Deathstalker 1, um, but it was great. It was definitely one of those it would have been a fine watch. Like I, you, I love a, a good, bad movie. It would be a fine, good, bad movie to watch, but like particularly because they were riffing it. It was, mm-hmm. it was so great. And they did announce on the new one, even though some people think it's low hanging fruit at this point, they are doing um Mac and me the next season. Yeah, that is low. I, yeah, yeah, it is, but I'm still excited. We're to also going to do the room. I sure. I'm, I'm still excited because yeah, people like you and me know about Mac and me, but I feel like it's sure. still kind of like, yeah, I, maybe at this point too many people have gotten to that um at any rate it was a great show and it was fun to see that movie death soccer Two. watch it with someone talking over it <laughs> it's not great um and then i want to shout out also uh black 47 which i just watched and i gotta make sure i find the amount there the amount of actors in it um <laughs> how many actors are in yeah. this movie that's oh, what boy. i boy so people are clamoring dozen. to know um this is a f- grim one and it's like a very grim revenge movie about a, a man who comes back. The main actor's name is James Freckville, which I'd ne- he, I hadn't heard of him before. But um, he comes back to Ireland. It's during uh, the famine, the Great Famine. If you know anything about the famine, Ireland is fucked. And he comes home. His mom passed away. She wouldn't take the soup that the English offered, like everyone, and was like, hey, you know, you're our citizens. We have to say, you know, swear fealty, here's some soup. She wouldn't take it, so she passed away. Um his brother was hanged by like a magistrate and then he finds his brother's wife and kids. They're getting kicked out of their house. Like literally like they won't let them stay for no reason. They're just like tearing the roof off in the middle of like the cold. And he says like, I'll pay, I'll pay for them to stay. And they're like, no, it's not about money. It's illegal. They have to move. They're just, they're just animals to them. And, um, then he, he gets in an altercation and basically goes on the run after killing some guards and becomes basically like a vigilante, which is, oftentimes not great in just, you know, in modern society, but like there's, there's, it's, it's very brave hearty in the way that he's, he's kind of like roaming the countryside and like kind of working his way up the chain of like the different, Oh, I'm just the land agent. I just am told by the, the guy who lives on the, you know, the, in the, on the big house that I need to, you know, force you off your land and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, it's dark. It's a little gory. There's a really good, um, but there's a really good cast. Barry, uh, is it Keoghan? He's from killing of a sacred deer. He's got a very like unique face, but um, he's like a young actor who's like kind of like coming up and he's in the movie. Um, also, Jim Broadbent and Hugo Weaving is the huge one in it. 
Hmm. He's like a guy who is himself on like death's row for um, like killing a, a prisoner during an interrogation. And then they're like, hey, we have this crazy man running around the countryside killing people. Like if you help this young kind of captain kind of coming up, find track him down, we'll give you a, you know, you know, commis- you know uh, commute your sentence. Um, but he maybe feels, loses uh, the, his zeal for it as it, as it progresses. Um, it's really dark, but I, I would really suggest it. Um, so it's just the one guy versus the whole army? Not just the whole army. It's very, I mean, this is like swaths of nothingness. Like he's just kind of moving. It's not like he has this grand, he's not going to like charge the, everyone on horseback. It's sort of like he's sneaking up. Like he finds out like the guy that kicked them out, he finds them and kills Mm -hmm. them. And there's another guy who's like, when he first finds him, he's like slopping his brother's pigs. And then he kind of says like, well, hey, you know, just no hard feelings. But I just, I didn't know if he was coming back and figured you would like it if I had it more than another guy. And he's like, yeah, I understand. And then he tries to pull a gun on him and it, like the the flint is wet. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, you fucked up. And he like kills him. So he's kind of just, he's out. He's just out of it too. He's kind of blindly going against the English because he's just like lost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, I think that's, I think that's everything we've, I've seen. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here we go. Anyways, I hope you get this, man. Hit me back. Just a chat. Truly yours. Your biggest fan. This is Stan. Uh, There's a little little bit of a goof, but uh, unfortunately, we are here to talk about the death of uh, Stan Lee. Yes. Uh, so uh, apologies to anybody who did not find that as I, funny I as I think, did when I thought of it. Um, I don't think that's bad. That's sure. fine. Um, so yeah, st- unfortunately, Stanley passed away this week. A couple days ago, yeah. Um, yeah, he was ninety-five, which is pretty pretty darn old. Uh, That's a, a very very long life. Yeah. Um, but we felt it would be good to you know we're we've all been entertained and influenced by Stanley's whatever he created or co-created or just influenced by being such a figure in the space. You know, we thought we would at least talk about his career and some of his work and some of the stuff we really liked that he's done and yes. just sort of appreciate a uh, cool guy. Yeah. Um, well, I know that you weren't a fan of his last cameo in Venom. Uh, as you made, <laughs> as it's got egg on your face now, huh? Uh, I did. I, gonna- <laughs> I, I, this is like a very stupid thought, but like when I found like 20 minutes, like, like after I was like, Oh man, I can't believe Stanley died. I was thinking like, I sure hope he's filmed cameos for for Captain Marvel and Avengers because I, I would be mad if his last cameo was in Venom. I mean, sure, but it's all like it's also such it a just, stupid the, thought. The rumor I've heard, whatever, but it's it's funny because at some point he we were talking before the podcast that he he was a character too. Like Stanley was at the end of the comic books on his soapbox writing to fans, yeah, and he would pop up in the pages, remind you what had happened in the last issue. Like he was. He was a part of the Marvel universe indirectly and directly too. Yeah. So, and for a lot of people, this is their first. This is their connection to Stanley. Is like he's the the guy who's mm-hmm. kind of a the through line through all these films. Um, so it's fine. It's uh, some cameos are better than others. I I don't know about you guys, but I watched a video of all of the uh, cameos of his, including ones where it was like the trial of the Incredible Hunk or Hunk. Oh <laughs> wow! Ooh, Which is a baby. different movie. I'll talk about on another podcast. Wow. Uh, Trial of the Incredible Hulk, which was like the Lou Ferrigno, might have been an HV TV movie or a particular Fer- episode. Ferrigno. Ferrigno. What whatever. is going on with you? Uh, Ferrigno, Klaptu, Verata. Um, <laughs> and, and like, he's like a juror with a no lines. And like, also mm-hmm. in the first Spider-Man, he's like, look out! And kind of grabs like a little girl all the way. But uh, there were some that I didn't remember. There's some mm-hmm. that I... But I was... It was still like fun to... To realize that he was like, yeah, throughout all these films, even mm-hmm. even if some were lamer than others, I know that one of my personal favorites is the uh, Edward Norton Hulk one where oh he gets the he sip of the drinks a soda that has gamma radiation wow. in it and just goes kind of like whoa and just yeah. drops a bottle and the implication being that fortunately he passed away but um but I like or to that think, he got gamma powers that's what I like to think that's my head canon is that he's like a new hero running around yeah uh, which ties into his um. He was uh, on the Sims on a Simpsons episode trying to become the Incredible Hulk. Um, yeah, but it was just fun to kind of go back through. And then I also watched a couple different tributes and things about his life just to kind of kind of reacquaint myself with. Um, I don't know if you have have up like all of the things he created, but it's truly incredible 
how many heroes and properties, let alone just Marvel comics and the comics mythology in America mm-hmm. in general, that he had such a huge hand in. Um, I, I cannot believe how many how many things that like truly define people's lives with their their fandom and just how much they enjoy it that he that he created and was a part of it's it's staggering mm-hmm. um i know um yeah i don't want to i don't want to mess it up but i know like x-men spider-man spider-man black panther black panther you got thor you've captain got america captain america yeah. i believe you've got the incredible hulk you've got who i think famously he said that he was going to be gray and there and there is a gray hulk in the in the canon mm-hmm. but that the the printer messed up and it came out green, I think is the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that cool. and that is the only reason that he was green, which is uh-huh. just goes to show that um, like George Lucas, you can have this amazing, incredible idea and uh, and then something can change or someone else can have this idea or there can be an accident of, of fate and it and then it kind of defines it in a different way. It'd be kind of funny if they had within the comic them mentioning like, look at that giant gray monster and then oh my it's green yeah. at the, after yeah. the mistake. Look, he's standing on that hill in front of those uh, the, the, the stormy clouds. I can't see him. He's blending in. <laughs> Um, what are you talking also, about? <laughs> he also had a hand in co-creating. I think what I think is the greatest comic book character of all time in Spider-Man. Yes, yeah, we meant yeah. yeah. Uh, Spider-Man is not to mention Modok also. Did he really? Yeah, and <laughs> wow. Fantastic Four. Did we say that? Yes, the yeah. okay. the first family of Marvel, which mm-hmm. is another one. Um, I mean, it's just like the list of of characters he yeah, created he, is so extensive. And a lot of this is with one he, single one of those. I think X-Men too. Yeah. He did create, yes. Yeah. He did also, and then we should mention like Steve, I believe it was Steve Ditko and another writer. Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby were, were um, amazing professionals in the field that he worked with to create these characters as well. So there's credit, credit where credit's due. And then yeah. I believe his brother, um, I believe they created, I want to say Ant-Man, possibly the Wasp and um, a few other characters as well. Maybe that, that might've also been Thor and Iron Man was him and his brother, I think um it's yeah it's staggering like think about it i mean that's that's 95 percent of like all the movies that are out right now and i mean yeah other than that though he like what he didn't have a cameo in ghost rider because i don't think he had a hand in that he didn't have a cameo in ghost rider i I think he missed was it x-men 2 was Um, the was the one he wasn't in Um, yeah i know he's in last stand and i know he's in the first one in fact the first one's funny where um senator kelly the um the senator who's kidnapped in that first x-men movie and then is like given mutant powers kind of you know becomes a jellyfish man and climbs up on the beach naked and then he kind of walks on the beach stanley's the ripped bodyguard uh lifeguard he's he's lifting up a bench full of women with in each hand um and he's like see he's like i bought this at the back of a comic book and now i'm a giant muscle man (laughs) um the senator sees like a TV and it's kind of slowly zooming in on this TV on this like hot dog cart. Stanley is standing there agape. Everyone on the beach is looking at this man who, yes, might be a recognizable senator, but it's like, all right, you get a good enough look. You're just yeah. docking at this point. The guy is like holding the hot dog just like, <laughs> like it's like, I've right, never seen right. a man come out of the water. <laughs> Nude. <laughs> hey, buddy, we have clothes on this beach. Yeah. Um, but it was just a weird uh, cameo, one of those ones that like no lines, and he's kind of off off the frame a little bit, so you wouldn't even like remember it most yeah. of the time. Daredevil, I forgot that like Matt Murdock stops him from walking into the street, mm-hmm. and um, somewhere he has more lines. The the think the point that was made is that I think all the X Men films he has no lines. Well, he's not in a couple of them. He's also not in First Class. I think he's not in. Oh, um, I, don't I know he's in Last Stand. Think he's in. Um, apocalypse no Shadow he's in apocalypse the oh you're right um, he's with his wife in the he's the not porch. in why can't you think of the name of the other one? Oh, days of days future, of future past. past i don't think he's in that one no that is the one he's in because that's when they think the missiles get launched from cube no that no, is the apocalypse first class. Launch, apocalypse launches the missiles there's a younger no it also happens a younger in the first... version of him yeah in days of future past <laughs> what's that there's a younger version of him in, in days of future past. <laughs> he is a that is funny too like I, there's a scene cut where he's the one who goes back in the past <laughs> I feel like I'm so familiar with um, kind of his the way he looked currently towards the towards the end of his life. Yeah. But he had he just had a, a kind of a flare and still like his own look. He always had those kind of big shaded glasses. Yeah. Sometimes he was rocking a beard, and when he's in Mall Rats, he has like a little bit of a small beard. It looks pretty good. Um, he was he's rocking some ascots and some older pictures. The a video I watched from Marvel that was like a a, a sort of a tribute to him the footage that first is shown is like maybe in the sixties and he looks completely different. Yeah. It wasn't for that twinge in his voice where you can hear, yeah. hear that little bit. 
um, I wouldn't have known. And um, I think that was just like a good moment too, because like you heard him say some things like he mentions how all these heroes that we, and, and we personally love ultimately have to have relatable human ordeals. That's well, what makes them appealing. I mean, that's, that's part of like why he created Spider-Man was in, in answer to Superman, because Superman feels so disconnected. I mean, is, he tries you know, to be a human, right? But. Is but is like this all-powerful, you know, being that comes to our planet and tries to hide among us. Where I think, like, you, there are there are certainly characteristics to Superman you can you can relate to and the feel connected identity to. Identity is still the same, but, but I, like not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Um, but I hate spo- helping people. Yeah, by the way. I <laughs> would rather. I mean, how many of us would wouldn't rather? be in the bathtub with amy adams right you don't owe them am i right yeah um maybe you shouldn't have but the the spider-man is the direct answer to that because he's a he's a new yorker he's a kid who can can relate to that yeah (laughs) hey that's the water yeah (laughs) yeah do you think that (laughs) what about what i think of stanley um there is oh yeah that does remind me um well, you have another Eddie Brock thing. Yeah, I have another. I have more Eddie Brock material. Um, no, that they're Topher just, Grace, the original Eddie Brock. Hey, yeah, yeah. Um, did I just freaking lose it? Son of a gun. Well, we'll keep talking about I'm it. I'm gonna lose it um, on you any second now. Please don't. I, I watched uh, a couple of interviews with him and Craig Ferguson that were pretty hilarious because he would just like go after him. He oh, would really? Come in and just uh, yeah, just like. Uh, attack him for not having him on sooner and for having him like come come on after a comedian who was great oh okay just like, yeah i was like, like i was like what is the joke that they're doing um i wanted to read uh this yeah this is what chris evans uh tweeted out the the current captain america uh there will never be another stan lee for decades he provided both young and old with adventure escape comfort confidence inspiration strength friendship and joy he exuded love and kindness and will leave an indelible mark on so, so, so many lives. Excelsior. That's pretty nice. It's pretty touching nice. thing to say because that is, I, I, I want to say it's a quote from him. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff floating around the last sure. couple of days um, that was like, it's it's not wrong to to be an entertainment, to to make comic books, to make to make an art like that because you make so many people happy. And like, of course, it's amazing to cure diseases and well yeah. he's he fretted about that he, he he wondered if if he could have been doing something even bigger or better and of course there's 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 a room for everything but what he he did something for a lot of people he gave people competence he paid, he saved people's lives he gave people inspiration through his creations and mm-hmm. that's just something to be so proud of like yeah a, a great legacy to to be able to leave behind and will never yeah like i said these just even this crop of actors and then the people who play these characters afterwards will always, always have a fandom that will, that is unending because they are getting to exemplify these, these people that, that sprang from his brain and, and his co-creators as well. I, I think it's really nice that the MCU is as popular as it was. And so like he had that platform where everybody know he knows, even if they just know him as that cameo guy, sure. everybody knows Stan Lee and everyone mm-hmm. knows that he's involved in all Whether of this Whether you realize stuff. how much of a, mm-hmm. of an impact he had. Um, yeah, there will, I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to envision that there because yeah, there will never be a Stan Lee, maybe, maybe in just the breadth of, of things that he put out there into, into the comic book literature and, and mm-hmm. as far as, uh, the climate of comic books kind of ch- changing the way Marvel operated and, or mm-hmm. the way he, he created what, Marvel to, what, what was that, uh, the editorial thing he did in the back of his comics early that on? That was Stan Soapbox. Yeah, yes. Stan Soapbox. And that kind of changed the way. Uh, intentionally so he changed the way people thought about comics and that he was directly talking to the reader yeah. i just read a book uh super gods by grant morrison where he oh, yeah, mentions that specifically where he's like being talked to by stan lee and he's he's like okay i'm being addressed directly mm-hmm. it's me that that he's speaking to here that's an interesting comic by the way super gods but, yeah um but, but um uh, a novel right or oh maybe we're thinking of different things okay um at uh, any rate uh super gods was a novel it yeah were, Okay, yeah, that's the one that I read. Um, but yeah, it it mentions that, and that's kind of uh, I don't know if that's the sole reason, but it's you know one of the thing, one of the many things you can never put your finger on it. But Grant Morrison's also an incredible uh, comic book writer who's you know done a done a lot for for mm-hmm. comics in general, and and 
you, you never can pin down how many people who are working in anything, any form of entertainment or even outside of entertainment were affected by him and influenced yeah. and encouraged by him. Uh, even if they didn't have direct contact, just the, the soapbox. Sure. Uh, I think he said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I was, I watched a lot of different interviews, but he said something along the lines of like, he didn't want, um, he was always speaking just off the top of his head in mm-hmm. the soapbox because he he did want to address the fans and he wanted the comics they were holding not to feel cold. He didn't want them to, when they were finished, just to be thrown away. It's just a thing. He wanted it to be this thing that you could come back to and say, like, they they do hear me. They do, you know, they're they're putting this thing out, but they're mm-hmm. they're putting it out for me and for other people that like it. And they're they're talking to me. And I think that was incredibly novel at the time. And I think mm-hmm. that. We, we take that for granted, but we get that a lot. We, you know, uh, Chip Zdarsky, you know, writes about tons of stuff in the back of his books. And you got, you know, everyone, t- Kirkman, blah, blah, blah. You got all these different things where just it's just a standard now that like in a trade or sometimes at the end of an issue, there's a letter yeah. segment or blah, blah, blah. This is all, yeah, huge progenitor of all that. What are some of your guys' favorite Stanley cameos? I guess like you were talking about how like there's a whole generation of people who only know him through like his film cameos, like what are some of your favorite appearances of his? I think one of the more recent ones that I really enjoyed was, uh, um, Venom, <clears throat> you son of a, yeah. What does he say in Venom? Does he say you two need yeah. to go after her? Or like implying he knows he has Venom. In yeah. You need Both to go of you. Her. And Both then a Venom you, yeah. comes out of him. Yeah. He's like, I got one too. And um, I think, yeah, it's like then Venom says, who is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, that's, that's Stan Lee. Over I there. think both, um, like, yeah, He's a guy who invented a bunch of. Uh... Um, I think both Guardians cameos are really funny when uh-huh. Rocket sees him on, um, uh, Nova Xandar, Prime. Nova oh, Prime. Uh, no, uh, Xandar, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's calls him like like a, a prevert or something. Yeah, he's like standing talking to this woman. And then in the sequel, he is with the Watchers. I love that's one of my. I think that maybe one, one of the best ones where he. It's almost implied that. He might be a watcher. He might be a watcher. Or that he he has he is all the characters that we have seen. Yeah, different or different times or somehow simultaneously. Um, and then another one that I like that's more recent is um, he's like a weird barber in Thor Ragnarok. He has like this this crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. He's the one who gives um, Thor his weird haircut. Which uh-huh. considering that it's like a giant like triple bladed glove, like pretty good haircut. Like didn't didn't really mess it up that bad. Um. I like the original. I think uh, Iron Man was where he was kind of just Hugh Hefner style on the red carpet. Oh yeah, he yeah. says like, "Pardon me, Hugh," or something like that. Or, or hey, half, and he, yeah. he, not, he hits him on the shoulder, and then yeah. he turns around. Um, I forgot that th- this is one that I'm admittedly I I'm uh, exposed to through the through a montage that I watched. But I think it's the f- second Fantastic Four where he tries to get into um, Sue and Reed's wedding. And then gets like turned away at the door. He's like, no, I'm Stan Lee. And they're like, no, 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 get out of here. So he's also playing like Stan Lee uh-huh. in the movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> I invented these humans that I'm watching getting married. And they're like, okay, okay. Sure, sure, Mr. Lee. Sure. Um, I really like the cameo that he has. I like, I mean, I like the Avengers one where, you know, they have the montage of people who are reacting to the Avengers and he just says like superheroes, superheroes in New York. York. Yeah. Um, I, I do like that. We talked about it before the podcast and I think you mentioned it his cameo on that episode of the Simpsons is oh, yeah. really funny. I mean, if we're just talking about, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's, he's been on big bang theory and that was great. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Excelsior Bazinga. Uh, <laughs> I don't, uh, there was a, apparently there was a scene cut from the Avengers, um, where he saved them all. He, he actually, <laughs> he unsnapped them. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, the first, the first Avengers, oh, you name. idiot. Um, where he served them shawarma. Where Steve Rogers goes to the cafe where that uh, waitress who's like, I don't know who that was, but you know, oh, yeah, I'm so thankful for yeah. him. Uh, he goes back to that cafe to and get some digis. Yeah, well, that's what Stan says. Like, go get her number, you idiot. Oh, okay. So and he's like, number? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, we have phones. You had those that when you were frozen? What are you talking about? Um, I will say one of my least, like my, I, if we're going to oh, say like a least go. favorite, here we I go. don't like his cameo in Civil War. What is this? Cam- he's the FedEx driver who says like, I have Tony a package Stank. here for Tony Stank. Oh, oh I like fine. that one. Like, but like Tony Stark is one of the most famous people in the entire hey, world. Hey, no, no one is so famous that someone doesn't know who you are. 
I have a package here for Elon Monk. It's just like it's too. And then uh, Tony Shalhoub walks yeah, in. This yeah. sounds like hey, this sounds great to me, huh? <laughs> Elon I kinda like it Monk. Now. I kind of like oh. it now. Oh, you know what? We're, delete this part of the podcast. We yeah, we got an idea. Thing. We got an idea. Um, what that if was, was fine. What if he was fully aware, but he was just ribbing him? Yeah, I mean that's what I would do if I was UPS driver. I'd be like, Tory Stark. <laughs> <Got him. laughs> I have a package here for Tory Spelling. Yeah. Hi, uh, delivery for Tony Stark. Oh, I didn't. Dang it. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Fucked it up. Hey, can you order an- something else? Can I come back? Why do you get things delivered by hand to your mansion? Don't can't you just like have you can't you have them like flown here in a suit or something? Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> looking. He yeah, he's, he's the inventor of drones. <laughs> yeah, basically. I'm looking at some of these cameos that he did. Um, there's obviously the Simpsons one. He also appeared in Muppet Babies. Oh, really? Yeah, there's an episode called Comic Capers that oh, he appears in. You know what's interesting? I, that's funny, though, because I, I, someone had mentioned that was there was only one uh, animated cameo of his, and that's in, uh, spoiler alert, for Big Hero 6. He's, oh, yeah. He is uh, uh, Fred's dad. He's one of the hero's dads. But at the end, it's revealed. Um, and once again, playing himself. He is Stanley, and his son is Fred, and he's also a superhero. Um, Should have named him Friend instead of Fred. Friend Lee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Right. Did that's my re- mic go really off? Right. We should edit Big Hero 6. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't know. That is kind of, it, it's lucky of him to be, yeah, across different platforms. I think he was mm-hmm. in the animated Spider-Man, a couple different animated yeah. Spider-Man series and stuff like that too. So even outside of the current Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. uh, made a mark on people. So I think, like we said, I think he's probably had a few cameos banked for future movies but Kevin Feige himself has said, like, we will find a way to kind of, like, Gracefully. carry on, oh. like, having him appear in things. What I'm afraid of is we're going to see him digitally inserted, like, young Carrie Fisher Dancing in... with the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Um, in Rogue One. I, I, Why would they put him in Rogue One? I don't know. <laughs> like, just to, you know, like, why... Just to be like, this is now dedicated yeah. to Stan Lee. It's, it's Star Wars. from here on Rogue Krennic, One. Krennic is now Stan yeah. Lee. Rogue One, a Star Wars story featuring Stan Lee is the new title of the movie. Um, I, I'm, I'm worried that they're going to, like, put him into stuff and it's just going to look and feel weird. What I would be... Sorry, I kind of steamrolled over this, but I, I think I'd be more comfortable because, like, he also doesn't appear in Deadpool 2, I don't think. But he, there's like a there's like an uh, image of him like graffitied onto a wall. Oh, and so I think like stuff like that would be. He was on De- oh he's in Deadpool one, but he's not in Deadpool. He's two. not in Deadpool two. Yeah. Um, I think stuff like that would be. I'd like that more. Just like stuff where it's like references to him, reference or, to him, or like you know, I think somebody brought up the idea of like a statue of him like in New York or something. Sure, at, you know, like just something that sort of memorializes him without like kind of like treading him back into the movie. Let's He's just, never been. Let's just build a statue of him in New York. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, why? Why do it? Just let's for get a, movie. a GoFundMe I mean, going. He's never been too. It's never been too invasive to me either. And uh, we, you know, we forgot to mention another one. I I like is um, Age of Ultron, where he is like a veteran. Oh, yeah. He's one of Cap's. Yeah, I don't know if he knows him directly, but he's like a veteran that Cap. Of course, Cap hangs out with like old men who served in World War II. And Thor gives him some of his liquor because he's like, I can try that. And then he get, he says Excelsior as they're like dragging him out of the out of the party. Yeah. At, uh, Avengers Tower. Um, yeah, I think they'll probably the rumor I'd heard at one point is that he had, you know, like a half dozen things filmed already. We're going to be like, Jeez. wow, it's Captain Marvel. <laughs> wow, it's Ultron 2. <laughs> Wow, it's <laughs> it's Ultron two Mega Thanos. Yeah. Um. So I'm sure there's something they can do. But I, I like how it's all the same clip too. Wow. Yeah. It's. Wow. It's yeah. It's just him. Yeah. Pointing to the sky. Um. Yeah. And then yeah, they they like move the finger depending on where he needs to be in the shot. Um. Uh-oh. Hand it off to the White House. <laughs> they can move the hand. Yeah. Oh god. Oh my god. That's um, a very sick reference. <laughs> Burn. Yeah. Got him. Take that, Kellyanne. Um. But I. Th- hope that they will do the respectful thing and like they're not no i don't think anyone would be upset with him them not using stuff they didn't already have yeah yeah i didn't mean that but i mean what i mean is like like when when they've gone past the deadpool 2 thing and stuff yeah when they've gotten past the point where they have the footage of like like kind of digitally inserting him into stuff that he didn't film i just would be kind of uncomfortable with i i think that seems to be kind of the direction that people are leaning with that kind of thing and i think that rogue one obviously uh 
did God's- that to varying degrees of success, depending on who you're talking to. And I think that, but I think the ethical part of it is more of like to the point where it's like, okay, if the estate said it's okay, or someone's daughter or son said it was okay, but like ultimately would they be okay with it? Would they be, but there's just like a lot of moving parts. So we'll see moving forward, but I'm confident that we'll still, we won't see that. That won't be the last of, of state. Yeah. I yeah. think that he will be, just like the marquee is left on the world, he will still be a part of the cinematic universe for more than a few years to come. Yeah. 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 So I'd say, uh, however you remember Stanley, I'm sure there are stories out there that of Stanley maybe not being as upstanding as we're oh, making God. him out to be, but th- that's not what we're talking about today. And um, I, you know, there's been so much of his work that has like positively influenced my life that I, you know, would feel remiss if we didn't, talk about him sure you know i also before we wrap it up i did want to i i kind of want to mention like how good he was to his fans like how yeah. it wasn't yeah. just the works or just the cameos that he did but also how involved he was how many conventions he went he was to. still going to comic cons like up until recently and he yeah. like you said he was 95 it's incredible it's crazy like some and some of that i've seen like backlashes that even like should he have like sure were they making him do stuff like that? But um, just like, I, I think he wanted to be involved in all that. And you can tell when he's talking about things, how excited he gets. And I, I really like him. And for another example, like Mark Hamill, you can tell, like has a lot of respect for his fans where some people are just like, you know, I'm doing this and, and it's great. And, you know, people like it, but they don't, they don't interact with those fans. And I think it's great that like any person that I that I've talked to who has had a uh, face to face experience with them. It's been a good yeah. uh experience where they actually felt like he was there, he was present, and he was talking to them and kind of like, you know, sharing himself. There was a and, human and connection versus yeah. like, oh, thanks for thanks for liking my yeah. thing. Here's yeah. a signed yeah, picture. This is the line. Yeah. But completely willing to get involved and in, and in th- like truly thankful that everyone yeah. was getting something from it. Right. And probably didn't hurt to see like you keep seeing younger generations still coming yeah. up still enjoying your stuff yeah he wasn't just giving a line i'm glad you liked spiders man what you don't <laughs> you don't even know you didn't see even they say the right name huh yeah get him out of here <laughs> excel spreadsheet whatever i say go move <laughs> move on <Jeez>. I'm, <laughs> you I'm should done. be in charge I'm, of the cameos from here on out. yeah yeah, yeah. you've got some good stuff going yeah excelsior what was that no it's excel spreadsheet is what i meant to say would you come over here help me help me sure thing or my name isn't captain america <laughs> man i got this in the bag yeah you got you they want to edit that part of the podcast out um but yeah that'll do it for us yeah. um yeah we will be back with a uh, a movie episode tbd next time but um yeah we just wanted to memorialize a guy that meant a lot to us so Thanks for the memes. Stan. Rest in peace. Stay in the man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, Excelsior. Bye.